Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. The following program is pre-recorded. Good morning, everybody. Let's, uh, let's have a couple quotes to start thinking positively. The greatest pleasure in life is doing what people say you cannot do. can't remember who said that. Mistakes are usually the bridge between inexperience and wisdom. Ain't that the truth? Victory, a matter of staying power. And finally, from Thomas Jefferson, a little bit longer one. When we see ourselves in a situation which must be endured and gone through, it is best to make up our minds to it, meet it with firmness, and accommodate everything to it the best way pra- practical. This lessens the evil why fretting and fuming over serves uh, to increase your own torments. That was way back uh, when he first became president. So there we go. All right. Uh, as, as I always say, uh, you know, we refer you to our web page, and if you'd like to sit down and have a cup of coffee with me or uh, talk about your portfolio, I'm pretty sure we can help you with it. Um, you know, I, I got asked the other day, uh, somebody said, uh, why don't you buy government bonds and things that are absolutely secure? And I do, okay? Uh, there are some things. But just remember, Johnson & Johnson <laughs> has the same credit rating as the U.S. government. And uh, by the way, their debt to equity ratio is 30% versus 180 uh, for the U.S. government. So uh, sometimes things that are secure, especially if you've seen the chart of interest rates from 1949 to 1983, Sometimes security is uh, in the eyes of the holder, and but quite frankly, Johnson Johnson hasn't missed a beat or a dividend payment in seventy-five years. All right, so uh, there's other, there's other companies just like that, by the way, and I'm not recommending Johnson Johnson. I'm just saying, uh, you know, it. We always talk about bonds on this program and duration and stuff like that. And we're going to talk about it again today. So, anyway, if you Google Tim Hayes Radio, uh, I show up and. Uh, you know, there's several things on there. There's our technical analysis. There's uh, all sorts of stuff on cybersecurity. Uh, if you'd like any of the information that, you know, like we talk about our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list. Uh, you know, one of the things that's been doing well is our all cap uh, growth list. Uh, you know, we have a lot of these things. I haven't been recommending the ADRs for a while simply because, I, like I said, I think there's, there's still turmoil there. And as long as this thing goes on with... Uh, um, the, the tariffs it probably will be, but, uh, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee, you know, Tim Hayes radio, just hit the contact me or email me. We can talk about your portfolio. Uh, if you don't like what we have to say, you can always part as friends. Um, or you can call us at 888-223-7742. That's, uh, 888-223-7742. Once again, I, I'm going to recommend this because I don't think a lot of people understand this stuff. We have a fact sheet called Government Healthcare Fundamentals. And if you don't know what the, the Medicare essentials, uh, you should get this from us and, and get it now. Uh, and that way you can plan ahead. 
uh, to when you do retire. But we also have Medicare basic facts, some key numbers fact sheets, um, how you can plan for income-related monthly adjustments, What an IRMAA. If you don't know what that is, you should be getting these. And also, uh, you know, some enrollment considerations for Medicare, when, when you should be getting this. Uh, we also have some other client education stuff called A Woman's Guide to Healthcare, Caring for Aging Parents, and Healthcare and Retirement. Some really good ideas. Uh, you know, energy can, got beat up this week. It was down like $8, oil was, and uh, natural gas got hit too. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about the MLPs. Some of those got beat up a little bit. It might be a good time to buy them, especially if they're going to change to a C-Corp. Uh, and then we have the two other portfolios that I recommend, the Imagine 2025 portfolio. This is a portfolio of really high-quality names in all sorts of different spots. And uh, so there we go. Um, we also uh, have our what we call our one-minute sentiment check, and that's about healthcare. And we're going to talk about healthcare a little bit more. Small caps are the way to go, I think, and uh, I do believe they'll be uh, – um, after a little bit of a sell-off, it might be a great time to buy some of these small caps – and, and then our all-cap growth portfolio, I highly recommend it. If you'd like to get our newsletter, we have a new one. And uh, this comes out every month. We don't harass you. We don't call you. We don't whatever. It just comes to you. Uh, what to do if your long-term life insurance policy is about to expire, working in retirement, taking charge of your student debt repayment, and what are the new rules of, of uh, 401k hardship? All right, so some stuff that you could uh, really uh, sink your teeth into, shall we say. All right, uh, 2017 marks the first year in which the, uh, oops, I think this is from last week. <laughs> That's last week. All right, we, you know, we talk about a process, and so we'll, um, we continue to talk about a process. So we're going to start big. Uh, and one of the things that I think is kind of interesting on the big side is I looked at home improvement and, and home builders, and uh, nine years into the current expansion, the U.S. Uh, has just posted a 4.1% annual growth rate for uh, quarter number two, without help from one of the key pillars of the uh, uh, economic growth, and that's residential investment. Um, while it's easy to uh, tout the benefits of the strong economy, uh, it's been difficult for many to look past the recent wis- uh, weakness in housing stocks. You know, look, I had I had conversation with some people this morning, and I mean uh, yesterday morning, and. Uh, they they were talking about they didn't want to get in a mortgage now because it was at four percent versus three point seven five. That man, you should have been you should have been around nineteen eighty. <laughs> First mortgage was seventeen percent. But what what's interesting is home builders bonds trail the market on home prices and uh, drastically, and so that might be a good place you know if you're looking at a high yield type bond scenario to take a look. Um, what we Somebody asked me uh, on the phone, and, and um, uh, this was Bert. Bert asked me, Tim, what do you do when the curve starts to flatten? You know, what type of strategy would you use? And, you know, we look, the 10-year Treasury yield continues to hold below 3%. And if you look at the five-year Treasury yield, it's about 13 basis points away from that. So, uh, you know, look, there's a couple different things. The long and intermediate part of the curve has outperformed so far. Uh, but analysis of the past cycles suggests to, at least me anyway, that uh, sh- the short end of the curve will start to outperform since the yield curve, uh, well, whenever the yield curve falls below 50 basis points. So we also, uh, what would be probably a pretty good strategy would be a barbell strategy, and that's focusing on the short end 
and the long end. Uh, so, you know, take that into account. The other thing that I think you want to be careful of is interest rate risk over credit risk. Investment grade looks much more attractive in these situations than high yield, bar none. And uh, we also like preferreds. And if you can find cumulative preferreds so that if anything happens to the company, uh, in order to pay for them to pay their dividend, they have to pay you first to reinstate their dividend. So if something happens to them, that's a really good way. People ask me about municipals. I mean, there's some good-looking municipals. We have a school district bond, and you know, it's, I don't know if it's still around, but uh, it was priced at just 102. Uh, if you know bond prices, they're uh, they start you know basically at 100 usually, and it's got a uh, a 3.879 percent yield to maturity, and then yield to the the, uh, the you know in case they get called is 3.719, and, and they're double A rated. Uh, that's a good bond. So if you you're interested in hearing more about our bond our bond group, uh, you know, let me know because we can set you up on our list. You know, uh, bearing a a breathtaking plunge in the next week uh, on August 22nd, the stock market will be the longest uh, bull market in history. Um, and optimistic investors argue it has miles to go before its rest. And I would suggest that the the you know the first five or six years of the bull market. Um, maybe the eight years, were a bond bull market. So it was more dividend-oriented stocks that did better. Now we're seeing some growth uh, kick in. Although lately, you know, we've been talking about, uh, you know, buying defensively, you know, yields up by by utilities, by REITs. Uh, you know, the dividend stocks, the staples have been doing really well. You can Look, Kimberly Clark was $99 when I first started talking about that in May. It's 119 a twenty percent return with a with a four point seven percent dividend yield, so they're out there. I I think you got to be paying attention. But I, you know, I I think um, you know the things that I'd be worried about is obviously the tariffs. Uh, the inf- inflation could be a, a problem. Uh, flattening yield curve, global slowdown. You know, there's there's lots of things that you could uh, uh, be cautious with, and maybe you should. But uh, it's my my humble opinion that. <laughs> you know, we're going to continue. So um, I guess, you know, the the one thing, a lot of people are wondering if, can the U.S. stocks survive as if the if China continues to crumble? And if you look at the, the emerging markets, they the new lows, man, they continue to hit new low after new low after new low. And um, I mean, uh, you know, Walmart hits a new high, IQ hits a new low. That's the way it's been. But we are seeing some stuff in the discount uh, retail stores, so th- that's another area we really kind of like. Um, you know, the WalMarts of the world, but gold getting killed. Central banks selling everywhere. Uh, so there we go. And, and Facebook took another hit the other day. Yeah. So uh, you know, very disruptive market in some areas. And, and remember, uh, Lori Calsavina. We're going to talk about this a little bit more next. You know, next uh, part of the show. You know, has, has been neutral on technology. Okay, uh, she went neutral on it, and and she's gone positive on a couple other things. But you know, yeah, now we have the turkey mess. Okay, and uh, you know what happens? You know this this tricky Turkish uh, trouble has unnerved the markets again. So we've got China, we've got Turkey, we've got all these things, and and could this be in a contagion to the EU? I don't think the EU's you know long for the world anyway, but uh, <laughs> we'll find out. Um. You know, I, I saw this. I thought it was interesting. The federal government collected a record $1.4 trillion 
Uh, now they still they spent six hundred and eighty three billion, so uh, <laughs> that's a problem. But you know, here we had a tax break and had a record number uh, a record number of in- increases. Uh, that's kind of interesting. And also, um, you know, I read a great article about the Kelvar economy by Brian Westbury at First Trust, and this this market seems to be taking it on the chin, left and right, left and right, and keeps coming back for more. And it's it's kind of interesting and. Uh, um, look, the one thing I'll mention is that, you know, China, the stock market keeps going down there, but it doesn't seem like the economy is getting hit that bad. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, somebody asked me, uh, you know, what about earnings growth? And one of the things I, th- I thought was interesting is the the biggest growth in earnings were energy and materials this, this last quarter. So that's interesting. And We've got this sideways movement that we talked about, you know, back in January. And, you know, will we break to the north or will we break to the south? And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, next part of the show. But, uh, you know, we're, we're right up where we were in January. So it'll be interesting to see. Hey, let's take a break and uh, we'll be back. Uh, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Selfless service is the guiding principle that drives Army National Guard soldiers to be always ready whenever disaster strikes. Every Army National Guard member serves not only to protect the nation, but also their local communities, so they each have a stake in the security and well-being of the neighborhoods where they live and work. They are your next-door neighbors and your colleagues in schools, offices, and factories. Since the early days of our republic, the Army National Guard has continued its timeless commitment to guarantee peace and security for all Americans. Americans, a proud legacy which has endured for nearly four centuries. To be a Guard soldier is to stand ready to serve at all times for family, for community, and for country. Selfless service. It's what inspires the men and women of the Army National Guard to be part of something greater than themselves. To learn more, log on to NationalGuard.com or contact an Army National Guard recruiter in your area. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Anarchists taking to the streets. Hollywood more vocal than ever. Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer making baseless accusations on a daily basis. And again, the facts are what are important. And the press has lost all objectivity, responsibility, and quite possibly their minds. One thing is for certain. We must be doing something right. Keep calm and listen. AM 1420, The Answer. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back, and uh, if you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. And as I said, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee, call us, 888-223-7742, and we can talk about your portfolio. And, um, you know, I think people are uh, very, very cautious right now, and uh, they've been very, very cautious for the last eight years, and they've missed a lot. You know, they could have, 
the S&P 500 is up 100%. Uh, so you've left a lot of money on the table. And, um, you know, uh, we have been pretty good about, you know, emphasizing when to be cautious on this show. Uh, you know, we're, we're the guys that told you at the end of uh, 2007 that, you know, you should, that cash would outperform the stock market. And we did, we said it numerous times for like three months. Uh, I actually, you know, had some really aggressive people, you know, use some of the ETFs to go short the market uh, and they made money during that year. So uh, I think uh, we're in a secular bull market and the fact that people continue to stress safety is fantastic. I want you to think about that as a contrarian. You know, I, I've heard uh, numerous, numerous uh, imp- information pieces all about safety, you know, insurance contracts, government bonds. You know, the 10-year treasury, 10 years out, is yielding 2.8%. Now, let's say you're in the 40 or 35% bracket, you know, and you're in a taxable account. What are you making? Barely nothing. And I don't think you can live off that. So, uh, now, what, what about a, a company that's got a 3% dividend yield that's growing at an 8 to 10% a year? You're keeping up with inflation. Maybe there's some uh, some move on the stock. I think the, the dividend will hold it from going down very much, especially if the 10-year stays at 2.8%. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, safety is, uh, there's risk in everything you do. There's risk in CDs that interest rates will go up. There's risk in the treasuries that interest rates will go up. And by the way, if they do, the reason CDs, you pay a penalty to get out of them is because they put them in the open market. And if the interest rates go up, your principal goes down. So there we go. Anyway, the emerging markets continue to get whacked, and uh, they flipped to a negative trend back on June 19th, as I said on the show, and we're right at some pretty major support on a lot of the ETFs, so uh, keep your fingers crossed. I did notice the dollar broke through its downtrend line, so it, it had, uh, it you know, back uh, in the first part of 2017, had been kind of in a decline, and now it's broken back out again. So that that usually makes it harder for international stocks to do better. Uh, it also is a negative for gold, oil, and, and and if you notice, oil was down eight bucks last week. Gold got just hammered by the central bank selling. Natural gas was very close to a new low. But come on, you know, I said at the beginning of the year, and you know, so I tell you what I'm wrong. Uh, I said commodities would be a great place to be, and they were up until the the tariff situation got kind of out of control. And uh, with the tariff situation, people said, "Hey, I want to buy U.S. dollars." All right, that's why they were buying bonds. That's why they're, you know, they're they're buying our stocks, etc. So, you know, uh, one of the things that you should take a look at is Invesco has this UUP, which is a dollar index. It's a bullish dollar index, and you might want to consider that uh, if if this continues. But uh, you know, I look at precious metals and, and central. I mean, boy, precious metals are down where their uh, their asset class score is is almost zero, and um, uh, you know it. You think about it, maybe it's to the point where it's so oversold that it's going to bounce, and I think uh, that may that may occur coming up. But I, uh, I right at the moment, I'm not I'm not betting on it. Now, one of the things I did notice is the small cap index broke a triple uh, top this week, and I remember I said last week that um, uh, that they were very oversold compared to you know the larger cap brethren. The the one thing though is, is small cap did break down on the on its bullish percent chart. Uh, so that's interesting, but microcap even did better than that. So, uh, you know, we'll talk about that in the next part of the show. 
Remember, uh, Lori uh, Calcimina, uh, our, our head strategist, and she's she's on CNBC a lot, and she's been very right a lot, so I'll say that, is reiterating an underweight of large-cap technology. Large-cap technology. Now, what she's saying is Lori published uh, uh, her equity strategy uh, Friday morning, and she said this, the equity market, she's largely neutral on the market and would not be chasing the big leaders here. She's positive on debt paid down, share repurchases, and slightly less crowding in the market since the beginning of the year. She notes breadth has deteriorated. The advanced decline line has deteriorated. And there's some concerns about earnings residual trends in the second half of 2018. So that's eh, a big problem, I think. She upgraded health care. Now, that, this is interesting for a couple reasons. I'm going to get into it in a second. So she upgraded the group uh, back the last part of July and notes the valuation of the market and uh, the revisions now, the earnings are moving up. Okay. So they're not down like they were for the last two years. So she continues to think uh, you want to increase your exposure to the the biotech, the service providers and pharma. And by the way, just so you know, Merck broke out Friday, Pfizer broke out the day before Eli Lilly's on a tear. Uh, so there, the other one is consumer staples and she sees good relative valuation. So yeah, by the way, she made this call back when I made my call cause I was using her information. Uh, you know, I don't, uh, do all this stuff myself. So, uh, you know, she, like I said, there's been some really good moves in some of these things. Uh, uh, you know, Clorox is up, uh, like 15, $16 and, uh, uh, Hershey looked like it reversed and there's a lot of names out there. You know, these aren't names I'd suggest to buy today. Uh, you know, do your own homework. You know, these, these are not recommendations. But what I did notice is if I look, the healthcare sector broke above some major resistance. And I'm looking at some of the REITs now. I mean, the ETFs. And the, also the healthcare REITs are really doing well. Uh, that's that the REIT class itself is doing great, especially the retail REITs and the healthcare REITs. So healthcare has broken above some major resistance. Now there's a little bit more, uh, and if I, I'll just take one. Let's say the XLV. The XLV is broken above some resistance. So there's there's more resistance above there, but it's pretty far above. So now Dorsey Wright, uh, you know, has, has talked about healthcare this week. And, and if you look at the past week of trading, they've experienced two changes in their sector model. And, uh you know, if you may recall, the, the model seeks to invest in the seven of the 40 best sectors, okay? And the first change that happened when the non-ferrous metals was removed and healthcare was replaced it. The second change, uh, and that I think that was uh, Friday's market action, was the steel index, which, had you know, we'd hit a home run with U.S. Steel. Uh, they took that out and added software. So, uh, healthcare being the number one scenario there, so that's a that's a good sign. So, you've got Lori, uh, our head strategist, adding healthcare a breakout on a lot of the ETFs, and a, a lot of the individual stocks breaking out. Okay, and and then you have Dorsey Wright adding it to their sector uh, uh, portfolio. So, you know we've been kind of on healthcare since the beginning of the year, and, and it's worked so far. So there we go. Now. Here's some of the things that I'm seeing, and, and you know, I mentioned this last week or the last two weeks. The weekly momentum uh, has turned negative heading into a seasonally weak period, you know. And if I look at the intermediate term weekly momentum indicators, they track like one to two quarter shifts. They're, they're turning negative, and for the U.S. indices, so that's a problem. 
the key uptrend support level, levels are really important here. So if you look at the intermediate term uh, momentum has peaked, the uptrends still remain intact, though. So that's something you've got to consider. Um, you know, the S&P, I think a break below 2,700 know, would be a problem. Uh, the Russell, I think it would be about 1,600. Internationals are becoming very oversold, uh, intermediate term. Uh, the dollar, you know, uh, has broken out here uh, to the upside. Technology, entertainment software, um, a lot of those companies are starting to accelerate up. Uh, they've Some of them pulled back hard, some of them uh, pulled back up. And like I said, we've had some oversold defensive laggards show up on my charts big way. I got two that I really like and one where there's been a huge, huge insider buy, which we'll talk about later. And the industrials, um, you know, there's a couple names there. One of the biggest ones there is, and, uh, you know, looking great on the chart, just great. Now, look, let's talk about seasonality a little bit. And, you know, uh, May, well, February, May are two bad months normally. Uh, you know, they usually you see about a, you know, a, a 1%, 2% drop. September is the worst month by far and wide. By the way, October would be one of the worst months, but there's always a rebound in October, okay? And uh, remember, when you go into All Souls Day, it's a good time to buy. So, you know, I looked at uh, uh, DAS and Copic uh, indicator, and and that's a momentum indicator. So we're starting to see a little bit of, uh, you know, turnover there uh, to the downside. Although I I am seeing some key support levels, you know, holding, so that's good. Uh, the the Russell has got the same problem, and um, you know that some of the global markets. Let's let's use the EEM. Uh, the ETF is is retesting support. Uh, relative performance still remains weak, so we don't have that move we were expecting. Uh, so we, we'll, we'll see what happens here. And ten year bonds, uh, you know, weekly momentum is marginally oversold. Um, the yields, you know, is between this, you know, 270 and 312 area. So if it would break over 312, then we'd, we'd get a little bit worried. Um, but the dollar, you know, it, it broke above some, you know, s- significant resistance, which is really good. And then I looked at growth versus value, and people, more and more people are talking about that. And matter of fact, Lori Calasavini is talking about that, is that if you look at large cap growth, growth is, is still uh, ahead of value. But if you look at mid cap you know, things are starting to even out a little bit. And then small cap, they've been evening out for some time now. So that's another thing that you have to take a close consideration. The other thing is uh, financials. And, and um, you know, I think you get some weekly lows in place, in my, my opinion. And uh, uh, also, by the way, um, Bob Schleimer, who used to be with us, who's with Fundstrat, said that, and so didn't uh, Bob Dickey. So, um, as I said, large cap technology, we, the weekly momentum is, is starting to decelerate. So, Lori, I think, may be right on that. I've got a couple names that I really like, but uh, I'm not going to talk about them simply because they get they get mad at me if I do. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things we talked about was uh, the 10 surprises for 2018. And one of them was uh, that one of the fangs would face material regulatory action. And, boy, Facebook sure acts like that's going to happen. Uh you know, it, they also said that some of Google's uh, bets would start to to, to um, pay off, and uh, we're starting to see that happen too. And then Netflix would see some acceleration growth, uh, growth, and they also thought that Snap would snap back. hasn't done that yet, so they're wrong there. Uh, but they're they're talking about the unicorns going 
uh, public, uh, you know, and some of them so far like Roku and and Stitch Fix and and Yext and uh, Redfin uh, have done Carvana ha- have done fairly well. Um, Dropbox is another one, so it'll be interesting to see if they have more of those uh, going on. And um, they were also talking about Google making a major acquisition and, and blockchain technology would get uh, to several internet verticals. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, let's take a break. This is Smart Investor Show. Stay tuned. Roof with the best or leak like the rest. With Right Now Construction, it's about trust. Getting a beautiful roof, siding, and gutters with excellent craftsmanship and design using quality materials. The experienced Right Now Construction team will transform the exterior of your home, taking pride in every phase of your home project. Here's the owner, Tom Cucinata. Right Now Construction is a roofing, siding, gutter, and restoration company serving homeowners. If you've had recent storm damage or noticed mold on your shingles, missing shingles, or shingles that are curling, call me, Tom directly at 440-821-4201 and I'll schedule your free roof inspection. Right now, construction will work directly with your insurance company to get your home covered for your full roof replacement. If your project is over $10,000, your gutters are free. Call me today, 440-821-4201 and financing is also available. Get $200 off your roofing project when you mention that you heard this on WHK 1420. Roof with the best or leak like the rest. Right now, construction.net. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes, and uh, this is where we talk about, uh, uh, you know, talk about risk management. Okay, it's that simple, and... Risk management is simple. It, it, you know, when things get carried away, you want to pull yourself back. Most people do not like to buy stocks when they're down. It's psychologically displeasing to buy stocks when they're down. And my whole theory in life is buying stocks when they're down. <laughs> uh, well, there's three ways to buy stocks. You know, after they've been going sideways for a long, long time after a big d- decline, or after a, you know, they've made a big move and then they've gone sideways for a while. That's growth at a reasonable cost. And then buy high, sell higher. And you know what? Sometimes you need a little bit of everything in your portfolio, depending on what the market scenario is. In this particular case, we, uh, we have our friends at Dorsey Wright who provide us with the bullish percent. They're the keepers of the bullish percent, which was designed way back in the thirties to basically tell you what the risk level is. So there's several things that are involved here. First, there's a point-and-figure chart that goes from 0 to 100. Point-and-figure just means X's and O's. And when, you have the, uh, when you're in a column of X's, you have the offensive team on the field. 
when you've called them a vote, you said the defensive team. And then there's two points, 70, which is the red zone. That's when things are getting too hot to handle, okay? And then you get the green zone, which is below 30, and then that's things getting kind of ugly. Now, um, usually um, there's, there's another asset to it, and that's called dynamic asset level investing. And that just is, you know, basically how many votes each individual asset class gets. And so right now, the, the best asset class to be in is domestic securities. Remember, back in 2007, we talked about them being the lowest form of life and that the money market would outperform them. And indeed, they did. Okay. So uh, now, though, uh, domestic securities are the, the best place to be. Uh, international securities lost a lot of uh, votes this week, and uh, commodities have been losing votes, but catching up with the international security. So that's trying to tell you what that's going on. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about the money market because the money market uh, uh, is interesting at this point. So this week um, we had a decline of 0.2% on the New York stock exchange uh, um, bullish percent. And so we are at 55.9. We wouldn't break down to 52. We are in a column of X's. So you have the offensive team. However, the over the counter index uh, broke 46, which was its reversal level. So it's in a column of O's now. This is usually the smaller name, so maybe the China contingent is starting to hit a little bit. And and the world indexes, you know, last week they broke into a column of X's, but unfortunately it's hard to find. Um, there's a few countries that look good, and I'll, I'll talk about those in a minute, but most of them are kind of in, in bad shape. So, uh so the change, uh, there's no change in the positive trend this week, but there is the one change of the over-the-counter index, the smaller names, did go into a column of O's. Now, uh, like I said, dynamic asset level investing, domestic equities are still number one, uh, and international equities have lost uh, quite a few votes this last week. Uh, and and then commodities picked up some. Uh, fixed income is still where it was you know, for the last two months, and cash picked up a few. And currencies that remain the same, so nothing's really changed. Just international equities are losing a few votes here and there. Uh, commodities being third is interesting because oil's down eight bucks, copper's in bear market territory. Uh, you know that this tariff thing's starting to hit them, so uh, that's interesting. But the one thing I will mention is, you know, Lori uh, Calcivina, our our strategist, is really uh, um, she likes small over large at this point. Uh, and she thinks that, uh, you know, small caps relative to large caps, there's a trend, the revisions and earnings clearly favor the small caps. So it's been a strong small cap reporting season. So it's interesting to see that we're selling off in that area, which is kind of, you know, worrisome. Uh, but it is at 45. It's not like it's at 70. So, I mean, I think it could be a f- short, fast sell-off. But they are starting to position themselves uh, um you know, they started to slip a little bit. So let's just say that. So, you know, she understands that, but she still says on a valuation basis, it's better to be uh, there. And she also likes growth versus uh, relative to value in the small caps. Uh, but she thinks that that's kind of a, a topped out for now. So, uh, you know, small caps are a uh, interesting dichotomy. Let's just say that, say that, all right, and uh, leave it there. Now, you look at the major markets, if you look at the mid-caps and the small-caps, they've been getting brutalized for about eight weeks now. Uh, the QQQs got beat up a little bit last week, and so didn't the, uh, the uh, equal weight S&P 500. Uh, there's a market weight, and uh, 
the market weight's been positive, and so hasn't the Dow Jones for about four weeks. So people have been running to the larger stocks. That's why you're seeing the advanced decline line creep a little bit further. Uh, I will say that the you know if you look at the small cap index though, so the larger names in the small caps have been being bought up, uh, and uh, they have broken out. So you know good improvement in their score and all that. So the 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 mid cap index uh, has been lagging. It's it the small cap counterpart. So it'd be interesting to see how that all works out. And if you look at the emerging markets, once again, I mean, if I look at EEM or VWO, you know, they're all breaking their uptrend line and, and not looking so hot. So, you know, Turkey has become a contagion. And, I, you know, the question is, will Turkey bring down the union, uh, European Union? Because uh, the, the lyric is uh, getting killed. <laughs> it's that simple. And, you know, I looked at the bullish percent for all the different groups. Why don't we talk about this? Because you'll find that if you buy the worst stock in a favored sector, you'll do better than the best stock in an unfavored sector. So what we talk about is just the favored sectors here because we want to make sure our money's uh, where everybody else is putting their money. And banking's still holding up there. It's at 65. So the, the lower it goes, remember this was at 85, 90 uh, just three months ago. So it's they're holding on, okay? They're basing through a, a sell-off in the group. And that's that, I think that's positive for me. That, that's positive. Forest and paper, paper products are at sixty. Um, that's that was one that was very very overbought too in the eighties. And then business products and computers are at fifty five. So that's a good place to start to look. You know, buy them coming back to you. Obviously, oil service, oils, retail, and healthcare are at fifty. Another good place to buy. But remember, healthcare is moving up in that group. So isn't retail. Oil and all the service getting beat up a little bit because of the sell off. And then we have internet and software at 45. And so that's another place, you know, you might want to participate. We have three groups under 30 that are not favored. So what we're looking for is them to reverse up. Precious Metals and Wall Street are both at 24. Uh, so you'd like to see them turn up. And then non-ferrous metals are at 30. So you'd like to see them turn up also. Uh, we, we did have 10 sectors that are bullish. Remember, we had 15 two weeks ago. So... Uh, um, we are seeing a few things that we don't like, and uh, <laughs> that may continue for a while. We had uh, protection services and, and electrical equipment move up to uh, average, a little bit above average, and waste management moved down and then moved back up. A lot of waste management stocks breaking out. And then semiconductors are unfavored, and electric utilities have moved up uh, from very unfavored to uh, uh, to. Average, and that's kind of interesting because we've been talking about, you know, hey, buy yield when it's up, and people are using their head and doing it. So, I just had a uh, a new client come in, and they just wanted yield stocks, and we really put a lot of money work in the, from the prime income list, uh, which is a really good idea. Now, I, I've been looking for international equities, and and you know, I got a lot of questions about this eurozone because it's pretty beat up, and I, I you know. I see a couple of Eurozone uh, ETFs that look good uh, or are above their uptrend line, but they still have a long way to go to get there. And uh, they, they were way above it. So that'll be a problem. I mean, look, a lot of the Ireland ETFs and, and a lot of the Eurozone ETFs um, were way above their uptrend lines, and now they're getting closer to them. So they got to hold here. And if they hold, they might be good places to go. But we're also seeing stuff like Spain and New Zealand get, you know, they're breaking down. So 
still a tough market out there in the uh, <laughs> international area. As far as yields concerned, the 30-year 30 30-year 30 yield index, easy for me to say on a Saturday morning, the TYX uh, broke into a column of X's right at its downtrend line. So that downtrend line is a psychological barrier, and it seems to be very difficult to, to get through at this point for the yields. Uh, whereas the Vanguard total bond ETF, so yields go up or yields go down, price a bond goes up, right? Uh, they reversed up in a column of X's, so that's good. Um, and then the emerging market bond prices uh, got whacked. They broke a double bottom this week, so uh, they're having a, a problem. Now, if you look at the hedged high-yield uh, bonds, they seem to be doing a lot better than just high-yield bonds. So uh, you, you know, high-yield bonds tend to be a stock surrogate. They move with the stock market, so you've got to be careful there. Uh, crude oil in the commodity area just got whacked last week, 8 bucks. Whew, ouch. And the commodity indexes have had negative uh, uh, momentum for like, like 10, 12 weeks. Gold is 17 weeks. Copper is 13 weeks. So um, you know, a lot of these things get nailed with the exception of corn. Corn's been positive for a couple of weeks now. So, uh, you know, uh, stay tuned on that one. Relative strength. We always talk about relative strength changes. You know, some of these last for a long, long time. Pay close attention to these names. Document. Doc. Come. Commend. Doc. <laughs> come moon. I'm sorry. They're industrial goods. They're actually in aerospace. Uh, Electro scientific industries. There's another good looking, two good looking charts. Uh, Icon Enterprises. That's a real estate investment trust. Uh, Internap. Networks. This is a low price one that uh, really made a quick move. Azumis in retail and Wide Open West, which is in communications. And uh, uh, that's a really interesting looking chart. That's all I'll say. Uh, and on the sell side, now this is where you want to really take a look at your, your, your numbers, okay? Cray, Kutera, China, Uche, Dicom Industries, uh, Manitoc. Live Ventures, Schinsler Steel, uh, uh, T-Tech Holdings, Vishop Holdings, that's uh, from China, and News Corp. Uh, one other thing I'll mention, and um, the money market percent rank uh, moved higher this week. It rose to about 20% uh, as several of the non-U.S. Uh, you know, things slipped quite a bit. So people are adding to their money market as these things are slipping uh, and worrying that You'll, 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 you know, they'll become a contagion for the U.S. market, which could happen. You know, uh, you know, eventually foreign markets are going to hit us. It's just a, imagine, you know, it's, it's part of the game plan sometimes. So, you know, we're very close to uh, a reversal down in some of these foreign markets, you know. So we're just missing a reversal down. So you may, you may have dodged a bullet here if you have raised cash, which I have had quite a bit of cash uh uh, on the sidelines uh, right at this point. So stay tuned. We're going to be right back for uh, with some insider buys. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Do you have type 1 or type 2 diabetes? Is your stomach full after just a few bites? Are you overwhelmed by nausea? 
and abdominal pain? You may be suffering from diabetic gastroparesis. Doctors are looking for volunteers for an important research study evaluating an investigational drug for these symptoms. Go to MyStomachStudy.com to see if you qualify. You must be at least 18 years old, have type 1 or type 2 diabetes, and have experienced some or all of these symptoms for at least 3 months. Study-related drugs, doctor visits, and tests will be provided to you at no cost. Compensation for time and travel may be available for qualified participants. For more information and to see if you qualify, call 234-231-8502 or visit MyStomachStudy.com. That's 234-231-8502 or visit MyStomachStudy.com. Call today, 234-231-8502. MyStomachStudy.com. The Ohio Department of Agriculture is working with farmers to safeguard the fruits and vegetables grown here. To prevent foodborne illnesses, federal law now requires certain farmers to take steps that ensure fruits and vegetables are grown and processed in a sanitary way. Visit agri.ohio.gov to learn how Ohio farmers can comply with the law and to schedule a produce safety assessment offered on farm and at no cost to Ohio growers. Paid for through a grant from the Food and Drug Administration, sponsored by the Ohio Department of Agriculture, aired by the OAB and this station. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. Uh, if you just tuned in, this is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. And um, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee with us, you know, uh, either Google Tim Hayes Radio and hit the contact me or email me uh, uh, things that they have on there, or um, just call us, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Um, now we talk about insiders, and we buy insiders, you know, because insiders know more than you and I. It's that simple. They, they know their companies far better than we do, at least most cases. Uh, insiders are right a lot more than analysts. <laughs> but they're early. And I don't want to, you know, be ch- chasing the guy that buys 2,000 shares. I'm looking for big purchases. I like it when it's a big purchase with a small company, but a big purchase on a big company is okay too. So the more they purchase, the better. I love to see them when they, they break down to new lows. And I love to see them when they break out the new highs because uh, both are very, very bullish signs. And I would suggest that the uh, the number of insiders I saw this week uh, would suggest that the ratio is very, very bullish right at the moment. So um, we'll, we'll see, okay? Serepta, uh, which is a therapeutic company, uh, they have a interesting drug for a couple different products. So, you know, you can look it up yourself. The president and CEO just bought $2 million. He's got a boatload of it, by the way. After it's back, you know, it, it shot up to 180 and now is at 125 And so he, he used the, uh, the weakness to buy, which I think was a pretty good idea. Um, News Corporation, uh, the CEO, this is the first purchase in a long time, bought a million dollars, million seventeen dollars worth, which I thought was very interesting. And then a M- Master Limited Partnership, Endeavor Logistics, Jeff Stevens bought several, three times uh, of $2.4 million each time. And uh, another MLP, folks, 
You know, th- those have been really, really good. There's a little company called Maxwell. Uh, it's a diversified electronics uh, technology company. Just got creamed from six down to three. Uh, 363.85. There was three buyers, one of one million. That was the CEO. One, uh, another uh, 522,000. Uh, that was uh, director. Another for 144,000. So three buyers. You like seeing that. Uh, platform specialty. Remember last week we talked about a large hedge fund buying uh, like $160 million worth of stock. And then we had another person buy uh, a, a very large quantity. I think they bought $66 million. I'm sorry. Uh, so we had another eight people buy uh, quite a bit of stock. So something's going on there. Might want to look into it. And we mentioned Brookfield Asset Management bought um, uh, quite a bit of TERP, and looks like they bought some more. So uh, you look up the symbol yourself. And uh, our friends at Berkshire Hathaway bought more uh, U.S. Bank Corp, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Bank of uh, – of uh, New York, Mellon, Delta Airlines, Goldman Sachs, Southwest Air, and Apple. They they loaded up on Apple, 12.4 million shares. Um, they trimmed their stakes in American Airlines, Philip 66, Charter, and United Continental, uh, and they shed all Varix, which was a pretty big uh, move for them. So a couple other names that we saw, New Media Investment Group uh, dropped from 19 down to 16. The CEO bought a half a million, love to see that. Uh, Mike, microchip got beat up a little bit. Uh, that's a really high quality company. They, they were 97. Uh, now they're 83 and the COO bought 1.37 million. And then our good friend from salesforce.com at a new high again, it's her third purchase. Same woman, but, uh, she's a director, but 857,000, same as she did. And then Ron Perlman, haven't heard from him in a long time. He bought, uh, twice. At Revlon, 1.29 and 1.02. And uh, then he bought some scientific games, which just got murdered. <laughs> uh, you know, it was 65 and now 30. He bought 5.5 million, and he's a big shareholder there. Carl Icahn continues to buy Energen. He bought, he had two more, uh, three more because he bought on Friday. So he bought 7.4, 3.9, and 4.8. So he continues to buy that almost every day. Now, here's an interesting one. Um, the, uh, an insider, uh, the CEO of Walgreens, bought $109 million from the CEO, COO, who's a life partner. Now, I don't know what that means, but uh, we'll, we'll find out. And uh, um, then we had uh, Janssen International bought $3 million Pfizer. And uh, we had... Uh, a group, uh, DGHM, by JP and, and Verizon in big quantities. Verizon broke out big this week. And uh, then uh, DNB, which is the, the uh, Norway's biggest bank, bought a huge position in Eli Lilly. Remember, Eli Lilly just went from 88 to 114, and they tripled their position in IBM. Uh, and T. Rowe Price bought Lattice Semiconductor and Maxim, which are in Lanier Semiconductors, and in a- AbbVie, which has uh, been having some problems. The CEO bought $510,000 worth. And here's a couple uh, for you speculative uh, people. Storage technology. Well, here, I'll, I'll go. Uh, second site medical products. Eyes is the symbol. Uh, a director bought $5 million. It's a little $1 stock, so be careful. And then here's two interesting ones. Uh, Value Act 
bought 114,000 114 million dollars worth of storage technology. And uh, I noticed that Goldman Sachs downgraded it the other day. I, I don't think this analyst is uh, that great, Ted Goldman. Uh, that's my opinion. You know, he, he's made some bad calls in like Western Digital and also Seagate. I said storage tech. I meant Seagate. My apologies. Also, uh, Starboard Value uh, announced a, a 6% stake in Symantec. So there you go. So the big, the big insider stuff has been, uh, in the last couple of weeks, have been platform specialty, Mohawk. Uh, Maycom te- uh, Technology. We also had Ed Breen at DuPont buy $1.9 million. Uh, we had some people at Graham uh, Holdings buy $1.9. And then Jim Mahan uh, bought Live Oak Bankshares. He's CEO. He bought uh, twice, $1.7 and $1.1 million. Crown Castle, a name we haven't heard in a long time. A director bought $1 million. And Newell Brands, you know, we, we had that, that last week we had another guy named Courtney Mayer bought $1 million worth. So, uh, those were the big, big ones. Uh, on the insider selling uh, group, it's, it's been Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, who has the first and the third spot. <laughs> so uh, he's been selling a lot of stock, uh, which makes, makes me, you know, you, you wonder about stuff like that when you see uh, uh, somebody, you know, selling that much stock and uh, go from there. Now, a couple things. The number one, you know, we, we went right back to the place that we stopped uh, or we started our decline in January, and the VIX climbed up and, and broke its downtrend line. So, you know, volatility is increasing is what I'm trying to tell you. It would be interesting to see if we can break through that, uh, you know, that number back from January, or we start a bit of a decline. And with the advanced decline line, you know, starting to teeter a little bit, I would surpri- be more leaning towards the other direction, uh, especially with the small caps breaking down a little bit. And if you look, the yield, the ten, the ten-year yield index is, is holding between two seventy-five and three point one two. So it'll be, you know, see how long that lasts, and uh, we'll, we'll see what goes on. But the last time it did this kind of formation, it broke down first and then broke up. So we'll see how that goes. And, and if you look at the financial sector, uh, that it, it appears to be neutral, uh, but it does have weakening relative strength. Uh, but then again, a lot of things have weakening relative strength. So we'll, we'll find out what what goes on there over the course of the next month or so. But I think that, you know, uh, a couple of the keys are is that if, you know, we get some kind of settlement in this trade scenario, I think it'd be very, very positive. Um, but, you know, here we have the small caps as the small cap indexes, the Russell, et cetera, breaking down and the, and the micro cap stocks, Two, the two indexes I follow, both both broke quadruple tops. That's very, very positive. So maybe Lori's right, but she thinks there'll be some weakness in the short term, and then she thinks that's the place to be over the course of the next couple of years. Because if you look statistically, they're very cheap compared to large-cap stocks. And crude oil is, is I think, is, is becoming a little bit of a problem because there's some really important support around 63, 64. So if we don't hold that, uh, you know, the, the crude oil story may be over for a while. Um, and the, unfortunately, the chart looks a lot like copper did when it broke down. So I have to watch that really, really kind of closely. So uh, uh, those are the things I'm concerned with right at the moment. Um, and, you know, I, I've been following a lot of stocks with strong uptrends, and I haven't seen anything, uh, you know, start to break down on any of those yet. But uh, some of the patterns are pretty pretty steep. Um in the long, you know, like the monthly uh, charts. 
And just remember, you know, th- those are charts that take a while to develop. And it's monthly. You know, that's why back in 2004 when I said, you know, the, the housing stocks look, you know, parabolic, it took a while for it to occur. I, th- I tell you, though, healthcare has improved drastically. Real estate, uh, the REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, and the MLP has continued to look good. Um, they've, been, they've been really doing pretty well, and the staples, and we've been talking about those for some time. So what would I do now? Well, it's Tim's personal opinion that uh, the dividend growth portfolio has a lot of staples and a lot of stocks that are down. You know, these were bond surrogates during the Obama administration. And remember, the Obama administration was the end of the bull, bull market in bonds. We got down to 1.21 yield. It's the lowest yield ever. And you can't tell me that that's, you know, we have great economic success if, if the yield gets down that low. So uh, so we what we had was the, the end of a bond bull market. So the prime income list, the dividend growth portfolio would be a really great idea right now. And then I'd look at the small cap ideas because I, I think that'd be a good place uh, if we do get a sell-off to, to look back, you know, and, and you know, look, uh, like Noah, you build the ark early. You don't do it when it starts raining, okay? So uh, pretty good idea. If you, by the way, the other thing I like is all the top ideas list. You know, these are what the analysts get paid on. And uh, if with oil backing up, if they do change things, you know, if the tariffs go away, uh, I think China, you know, oil, all these things, they're going to go straight up. Uh, So, you know, uh, I'll talk about the ADR list sometime in the near future when I feel really good about that scenario. Uh, But also our, uh, our all cap growth list is I think a good place to take a look. So those are some ideas for now. If you missed part of this show and want to hear the rest of it uh, on Monday at noon uh, on WHK 1420, they do rebroadcast it via a podcast. So it'll, you just go to their, their webpage Hit local podcast. I'm near the, the preceding bottom. program's okay. views, claims, or um, representations may not reflect those of AM 1420, the answer, or Salem Media Group. And months and months.